Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Faye Snowden. Yes, Kathy, I am so excited to talk with her today. I just finished her book and I just loved this dark Southern Gothic feel with a serial killer and set in Louisiana. It's awesome. Look at this cover, you guys. Look at this cover. It's so good. It's called A Killing Rain. I absolutely adore this cover. Um, mm-hmm. since Faye lives in Northern California, I'm also very curious about why the book is set in this Southern swampy New Orleans setting. So that'd be really fun to talk to her about. I know. I know. And you know, you know how I love a swamp, Kathy, but <laughs> I really, I really like the, <laughs> I really like the, um, the Cajun restaurant too. So <laughs> yes. that was, that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> So before we get into our conversation with Faye and the wine, of course, let me um, tell everyone about her. This is really a privilege. Um, she is the author of noir mysteries, poems, and short stories. Her novels include Spiral of Guilt, The Savior, Fatal Justice, A Killing Fire, which is a dark Southern Gothic tale featuring homicide detective Raven Burns, number one in the series. Um, that is the, um, that is the prequel, I guess, to A Killing Rain, which is what we're talking about today, which is the second in the series. This is just released in June this last summer. Um, Faye has a master's degree in English literature. She has been awarded writing fellowships from Jurassi and the Virginia Center for Creative Arts. We'll talk about that a little bit later because it's very interesting. Her short story, One Bullet, One Vote, was included in the Best American Mystery in Suspense, 2021, which was edited by Steph Shaw and Al Fair Burke. She's a member of Crime Writers of Color, Mystery Writers of America, and Sisters in Crime, where she serves as board uh, secretary for Sisters in Crime National. If you don't know what Sisters in Crime is, we will send a link because it's just a fantastic organization for writers. Faye has participated in many writing panels, appearing as a guest lecturer in several university writing classes, and also teaches information technology courses at the university level. Today, Faye works and writes from her home in Northern California. Uh, Before we get into it, final thing, I just want to add two reviews for this latest work that are so great. Unnerving Magazine said, The book is full-bodied, dynamic characters tying a brutal past with a bloody present that will keep you guessing right up until the finale. And one of our favorites, Jess Lowry, fantastic author. She's (laughs) been on the podcast before. She's the best-selling author of Unspeakable Things and Bloodlines, very recent award winner. Mm-hmm. at Bowser Khan, which we'll talk about. Um, a killing fire left me breathless. Driven by a complex and compelling female lead, the story twists with a heart-pounding, raw energy about a lush Louisiana backdrop. I couldn't put it down. Faye, welcome. It's so nice to have you. Thank you. I'm so glad to yes. be here. Thank you yeah, for inviting me. Yeah, we are too. Me. We're thrilled. Yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, first off, we just got to get right into the wine because <laughs> Faye picked a really, really cool sounding wine anyway, um, <laughs> called Ghost Pines Red Blend. Uh, and uh, and you guys go ahead and have a sip. Yeah. But, uh, Kathy's actually got it. She's she, the South Dakota girl got the the wine. That never happens. I know, I know. But it but it sounds like such a good wine. I mean, I just was dying to get it. I went to to Total Wine to get it, and they were you know sold out or whatever. So I ended up getting a different wine, and I think Faye, you ended up getting a different wine I too. I did. I was so surprised because it's usually like all in the grocery stores and Bevmo where I shop, but it wasn't. And so I got a wild horse, which I've had in restaurants, and it's a type of wine where you take one sip and you call your waiter back over. What was that wine again? <laughs> so it's really good. It's um Santa Barbara. Um, red blend and uh here it is right here and beautiful oh yeah look it looks nice and dark yeah well cheers to you Faye and your cheers yeah cheers second to the second release in this series woohoo thank you and what is yours Christy it's Crimson Ranch and I picked it because it sounded similar in the red blend and from California but also because I thought it kind of fit the book because like, you know, a bloody ranch, kind of like, you know, yeah. slaughter. Yeah. We're not going to go into detail, but <laughs> and it and it is it is pretty good. It's got some cocoa notes in it, which I always like. So mm. anyway, so we're happy to start that. Yes. Yes. Faye, I have had ghost pines before. And so when you mm. recommended that, I was like, oh, yeah, but not for a long time. And I remembered I love it. It is delicious. Um, I hope you guys can both get it again because it is just a me great. Me too. It's a it's a great. Yeah, it's a reliable too. wine too, and usually yeah. you can find it on sale like for, you know, I eighteen bucks, and sometimes yeah. at the grocery store is fourteen, and it's a really good wine. Yeah, it is yeah. really good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to keep my eye out for it for sure. So um, let's get into the questions first. I want to give everybody sort of a synopsis of a killing rain. Yeah. So this all centers around Raven Burns. She's a former homicide detective. And she in this book, she returns to Bird's Landing, Louisiana. And she's hoping to begin this new life after she's had some, I guess, traumatic things that are, you know, she's left being a homicide detective, but it kind of draws her back in because her <laughs> nephew is uh, kidnapped by this serial killer. And so she's, she's jumping right back in. And I mean, she's just a, just a great character. I mean, I love the fact that she's got this past, you know, her father was a serial killer. So that's, that's always playing into things and just love the setting. I think you just did such a such a great job with this setting, you know, I mean, I just, I, that's, I mean, I was turning the pages because I just love that whole Southern swampy kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. And so, um, so let's just r- jump right in with that. And how did you come up with this, this choosing this setting? And we'll start with the setting in Louisiana, because there's a lot of settings in this book, but the Louisiana one is like the underlying one. Yeah. Um, and someone wrote on uh, Twitter last night, they were looking for Southern writers. And I'm like, I'm a Southern writer. And then after I start seeing all the replies, I started saying, wait, because I was born in San Fernando Valley, California. My birth certificate says I was born in Los Angeles County. And when I was 10, my parents divorced and 
I moved to Louisiana where my mother's people were from. Uh And I just always consider myself to be a Louisiana native. But when you really think about it, I'm not. I mean, I was born in California, moved to Louisiana, spent my formative years out there. It made quite an impression on me. Um, And I just consider that to be my home. Um, So, yeah, that's why I said it in Louisiana. Oh, so you've got a lot of family there. The book does open in California. It does, doesn't it? I noticed that. I was like, well, this is really full circle for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think about, um, because when I moved to California, I noticed a lot of people, especially um, African-Americans would say, oh, I'm from Louisiana. I'm from Texas. I'm from, they would, they seem to be a lot of them, you know, from somewhere else. And then of course, that's the great migration, you know, in the the forties and fifties. And when people start you know, especially people of color started to leave the South in great numbers and going to wherever the train was taking them. So in Louisiana, mm-hmm. it was a lot of people came to California, but I still have lots of family back in, in Louisiana. So does anybody have a, like a good Cajun restaurant that you base that on? <laughs> oh, no. I think that's my dream restaurant. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And then somebody said, you know what, Faye, you wrote a dark noir a mystery, but you have all these cozy elements. And I'm like, really? And I guess they were saying that the restaurant was a cozy element. I mean, the town Bird's Landing is so dark already. And Billy Ray, who ha- who was uh, Raven's um, homicide detective partner, had been through so much as well. And he was like, you know, you're not going to steal my joy. I'm going to create an oasis right in the middle of all this strife. And that's where my idea for the restaurant came from. Yeah, from that character. I don't see the cozy, though. Yeah, I had really <laughs> I, I see a element cozy. at all. Yeah, okay. Well, I see, I see the setting um, is more, I mean, yeah, I guess because they're saying, uh, you know, people set them in restaurants a lot of times or something, but I think that restaurants, everybody goes to restaurants. So even serial killers go to restaurants. So (laughs) so, yeah, I I was thinking about um, uh, the K. Scarpetta um, books. I do too, but look how food weighs so heavily. In case Carpetta's life, this is Patricia Cornwell we're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I was kind of leading towards that as a comparison, not cozy. Not so cozy. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. And I will never forget a scene in one of those books where Case Carpetta sat down and ate a meal at a restaurant, and uh, Patricia Cornwell described how she just finished every bite, and I was like, "Dang, I wish I could do that." You well, know, and you I did. still remember that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh, you thank did. You. Thank you. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You were just talking a little bit about like, you know, how families have migrated, you've said it in the South. And we also don't see in crime fiction, or we haven't in the past as much is African American voices. And so mm-hmm. I love how we got to we get to see a different perspective in this book. And, and it and it's right to the detective level. I mean, yeah, we've had you know, white 
male crime fiction writers write black characters, but now mm-hmm. we're seeing in this one, I like how some of the twists and turns and plot lines were based on a perspective that we don't normally see because it was, you know, I, I don't want to say too much and give it right. away, but um, would you like to talk a little bit about that? I would. And that's such a good observation um, because I'm, I'm a big proponent of we need all the voices, even voices we don't agree with in crime fiction or any type of storytelling that we do. We need everybody in that conversation um, for just the, you know, because we need to be talking about these things. Um, as a matter of fact, I was talking to someone, it's maybe a long story at work and he goes, oh man, at my day job, he goes, I really want to write a book. And he comes from a really diverse perspective. I'm like, write that book. We need all the voices. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, you're one of those. I say, yeah, I'm one of those. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I am. I chase people down at at about your con. I would see these young people, people of color, you know, people that you wouldn't necessarily think would be a detective fiction. And they're at voucher con chasing them all over. Join sisters in crime. We need your voice. We need you. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah. So one of the perspectives, and, and this is the one that I had growing up in Louisiana, growing up dirt poor, um, you know, we were lucky. I mean, we did like indoor plumbing, but was still the shotgun house, you know, not enough to eat and all that stuff and having to get navigate all that. Um, and then there was a very complicated, I should say, complex relationship we had with police. So when I sat down to write uh, A Killing Fire and then A Killing Rain, I wasn't that interested in or I my perspective, I did not see uh, policemen as heroes. Um, and I didn't see them as straight arrows either. I saw them as compl- you know complex human beings. And Raven breaks a lot of rules. I mean, she colors outside the lines all the time. And I don't think from my perspective, you know, I think it takes a unique perspective to, to write that kind of character in a subconscious way. And I think that a lot of my experiences that I had c- comes out in how the police are portrayed in that book. Um, another thing is, you know, some of the, you know, she's thinking, oh my goodness, you know, these are why these uh, victims, these particular victims are being killed and, uh, and her blackness plays into that, right? While Billy Ray, who's also um, African-American has another perspective, right? So on right. based on a black man in America, in America. Um, so that's, uh, that's how it, I think it affects it. Just the just yeah, because I really, you- I mean, Billy Ray's view, I was like, wow, where did that come from? But, you I know, was. it's not going to come to my mind because I don't yeah. have that perspective, you know. So but it was I really think, interesting. But I think, that Enjoy it. readers of detective fiction are going to find exactly what they want to find in the books that they always mm-hmm. seek out. It's just a, a broadening, which is so exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's why... You yeah. say there's room for everybody at the table because it just is a different perspective, which is mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. I loved Raven Burns. I oh good, I'm glad. Love I you. loved her. Yeah. Uh, she's 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 got some baggage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She does, but you know, so she's. I I would say that she is trying to atone for the sins of her father by her right? career choice as a detective mm-hmm. in homicide, which is. Mm-hmm. That is some delicious complexity. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was mm-hmm. like, so where did this come from? Where did you come up with this idea of Raven Burns? It is so funny. Um, 
it's a, kind of a personal story, but I tell it all the time. And people say, hey, I just can't believe you tell that story. I'm like, this is story. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so when I wrote that book, the first person that came to me was Floyd, my villain. He almost showed up whole, like a voice in my head. Probably should have went out and got some oh. therapy. So that's, yes, that's how he showed up. <laughs> but Raven took a lot of work. Um, and, but I also started the book when, after I met Floyd, I started the book with a question and that question was, um, how much are our parents and us, their moral compass, all that type of, how much is, does that kind of get passed down evil versus good and all that. And the reason I kind of had that is my, my parents had a very bitter divorce and I look like my dad, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, my friends used to say, Faye, it looks like your dad just spit you out. You just went, <laughs> and there you were. I mean, we had the same, you know, small features, same body type, everything. And when I was a kid, my mom, you know, would disparage my dad because of, you know, it was a bitter divorce. And I used to look in the mirror and I'm like, well, if he's a no good, you know, son of a right. something, what does that make me? And what I does she see when she looks at me? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that's how that the born from that question, you know, how much of that, um, what our fathers, our mothers and fathers do, how much of that is in us and how much of that do we feel we're responsible for? Ooh. And yeah, so that's how she came to be fully. I mean, after I had to work on her, I'm at, you know, I had to like do character interviews, you know, figure out what she wanted you know, like, uh, I think it was uh, Annie Lamont, Lamont who said that, you know, figure out what she's like drunk. What is she like sober? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I had to really work on developing. That's interesting. Yeah. I, so yeah. I love that because her, in the story, her dad kind of lives in her head. I mean, he he's does. Yeah. very much there. So why serial killers? Oh, um, that's a good question. <laughs> I get asked that sometimes. <laughs> Um, I just think it's a, a microcosm of the evil that we do to each other. And I, I never could, you know, as a society, I never understood it. So when I was looking for the book, you know, working on the books, I thought that would be a good way to portray. I think it's the epitome of evil. And I thought it would be a good way to kind of portray what Raven was battling against and battling trying to prove she's not. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's the most yep. um, intense battle outside that she's doing in her work, but battling inside. And right. I, just, I think it yeah. is, it just pulls you into the story. I, I 100% am going back to read the first one now because I would like, so that's my next question is. Yeah, me you, too. I was like. <laughs> yeah. How is she? How is she going to evolve over four books? Do you have an idea about that? I don't know. Oh. Um, isn't that terrible? <laughs> uh, and then I, I was like, oh, I've got the third book in my head. And my kids, you know, they're going to school now. And they're like, mom, and your head does not count. I'm like, I know. Oh, they're so <laughs> real. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I know. It doesn't count. But um, she, um, every, every book, she's going to make a decision that is going to be four because it's a series based on the elements. And she's going to make a decision that's going to determine her path forward for the rest of her life in every book. In the first book, she did something. And you got, y'all know what that is. If you read <laughs> in the second book, she did something. And then in the third book, she's going to do something that's going to drive her. And I don't know how that story is going to end up. Um, I'm a plotter. Like I, 
do a rough outline of what I'm doing, but um, that internal, like you have the Jess Lowry calls it the A story and the B story. So the A story would be what's happening external to the character. And the B story is what's happening internal with the character. Um, that A story I kind of have written, but that B story is something that I plot that. But the B story to me is um, more like pantsing, which is like just kind of free write. That is such interesting. A cool- way to think about it that you plot the thing that we're here for this the action that we're here for but then you let the what the character how they grow on like kind of come to you is such a such a cool idea then you integrate right because it's not ever separate i mean how you feel about what you feel like on the inside is going to drive some of your actions on the outside as well right yeah that's why i was like i don't yeah it's hard to separate it in my head i'm like "Hmm, i don't know if i can even do that (laughs) yeah interesting yeah she makes some yeah she makes some choices and there's some blind spots if that she did not have this b story she would not have been fooled like that right because she wanted to be this normal person and yeah so you mentioned the four series are based upon did you say the elements? Yeah. So uh, you got fire, water, air, and the last one is going to be soil. That one's oh. going to be so fun. I can't wait to. Ha, ha, I love that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's so good. Okay. Let's have a little cheers to this conversation. Oh, and then we're yes. about okay. midway. We're going to have a, a question. Um, we call it the question in the bottle. Christy's going to pull out mm. some quite random question for you. So good. I want to be happy for the rest of the day and my coworkers are going to, why are you so happy, Faye? I just recorded this podcast. It was working. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. My day job is pretty intense. So yeah. What is your day job? I am in IT. I run the program management office for Berkeley. So I, uh, oh, wow. team, I have a team of project managers and I say, project managers, make your dreams come true. So <laughs> that's yeah. my day Berkeley job. Oh, University wow. of Berkeley Publishing? Oh, University of Berkeley, University of California. Um, oh my. UC Berkeley, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's, sorry, that's sorry, everybody later today, but she enjoyed some wine. <laughs> Don't call for IT questions Just today. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the, oh, this is a good one. Okay, so if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Murdered my husband. <laughs> <laughs> She what? did not even hesitate. Murder my did husband. you hear that, Kathy? Yeah, because we play. We play. I mean, and I just look at him sometimes and I, you know, we, we're playing like if he, and then we usually at a dinner party or something, all the relatives, and he'll make some comment just joking around. And I look at him and I say, they would never find you. <laughs> They were like, um, they were like, they would never find the body or have any inkling why why you disappeared. And then he would just laugh. And then, so that's how. But it was. So she is funny. definitely a mystery writer. That's so funny. Oh my god! And then when writers get together, I spent a weekend with my friend Juliet Blackwell, um, who writes the the uh, novels about the Paris um, Paris and. We were like walking, we were talking about all these stories we watched on Dateline. It was like, 
how did they get caught? I'm like, I don't know. Why would you do your research on your own computer? I don't know. Why didn't you go to a library? And I said, far away from your home, when in a hoodie, where you avoid the camera, oh. you get in the aisle and read the research. And, so, and we went into this whole thing about how to literally how to get away with, get murder. Away with murder. And then after a while, we looked at each other and said, this conversation isn't right, is it? And we're no. like, no, it's not no. right. <laughs> your poor husband must be terrified on some level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you won't. Oh, man. All right. So next set of questions here. Um, this this was so interesting to me. Your bio mentioned the just Jurassic Fellowship. Is Jirassi. that right? pronouncing mm-hmm. that right? Jurassic. Yeah, yeah, Jurassic. And yeah. it just sounded amazing. You know, we kind of like um, Googled it a little bit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to ask her about this because I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit about it. And and what was your experience like? It was an amazing experience. I met um, people that, uh, that, you know, friends um, that, you know, it's the kind of friends that didn't, you wouldn't keep in touch. You don't, I didn't keep in touch with them, but I know if I ever called them up, they would be right there. Um, mm-hmm. So what it was, it's an artist colony and Jurassi, um, he was uh, integral, I can't even say integral um, to uh, founding the birth control pill and that type of thing. And um, his daughter, who was uh, wrote poetry, I believe, um, I think she, she, uh, I don't want to say committed suicide because that sounds like a crime, but she, she killed herself. And um right. They, he founded the artist colony to um, honor his daughter. And what it is, is that you submit your writing to uh, samples of your writing and your, um, there's an application that you fill out to a jury and they, uh, it's a competitive fellowship and they award you to come out there for a month, writers, dancers, composers, and your job is just to create. To give you space, it's like oh. Virginia Woolf. See, I just got own. goosebumps thinking yeah, about that. Yeah, to give you, yeah, to give you a chance to create away from all your other responsibilities. So they have, a, you know, you have to do some chores, but in here they had a chef that had all your meals. You met with the patrons, you, um, but you, you're, and you gave readings. But your main job was just to create. Wow. Yeah, that was so. Awesome. At what I think point I spent in your career? There. So you're IT in your regular life. Mm-hmm. So how did you train, what, where did the writing germ come from and what point did this fellowship um, happen? The fellowship, I was believe it was years ago. It was 2005, maybe 2007. I don't even remember. I, and I haven't applied for another one because I've been so busy. They're, they're all over the country. Blue Mountain's another one um, people apply to. It's really hard to get into there, but they have competitive fellowships all over the country. So um, I started writing when I was a teenager and I, you know, I explained it to folks. I just didn't see people like at, at the BoucherCon when I gave that speech, I literally was trying to write my own story, my own perspective into a body of work where I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. And that's one of the, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember sitting, making up stories about Star Trek, because I love Star Trek, but there was Lieutenant Hura and she, mm-hmm. you know, did break barriers, but there was only one, you know, there Just was one of her. One. Yeah, yeah, I wanted more. I was very- And you know what really, it was beautiful <laughs> when she passed recently, you know, that yeah. it was great, the celebration, but I thought there's still only been one right i mean they yeah, obviously right. made it at that time but... yeah but we yeah you know, there's been progress but back then i was like when i was growing yeah. up in the late 60s or you know in 70s it was like it was few and far yeah. between you know yeah so you've always been writing so when did you start working on 
publishing your writing as an adult or were you always publishing and um, I published my first poem with Indiana State University, I want to say, in 1990. No, I published before that. I published in my little, uh, my college um, literary uh, journal, a little short story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Answers a part. Oh, that's I still great. Oh. <laughs> and then I published the poems here and there. And then in 19, in late 90s, I said, hey, I wonder if I could write a novel. And I published my first novel, which I still say, you know, the editor believed in it. And I, she gave me a chance. It, but it was really the novel that I learned how to write novels on. I call it my baby novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, I, I've gotten so much better at craft since then. Oh. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I was stalking your Instagram page. <gasps> you were. I don't I post was. on it a lot. I need and to do better. I, <laughs> I had, it was just a few posts ago, and you had mentioned that you had maybe recently gotten your own rights back and, and self-published your previous works. I didn't self-publish them. I got them back. It's like a dog who catches a car. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Well, it's like, okay, now that I caught this car, what the heck? Yeah, you so, with but you had mentioned that you, maybe it was your poetry, and it had, it, the, um, oh. the book had r- risen in the KDP rankings. Oh, like, oh, oh, that was different. That was hilarious. Okay, tell I, us about this. Okay, so I wrote a, a what's called a book magnet. And in that, it, like I put it on KDP for 99 cents or $1.99. And what this book magnet is supposed to do is get people to read your short stories and you would have some advertisements about your traditionally published work in there because it was hard to advertise yeah. my traditionally published work because the tr- publishers have the rights to do that. And I put it out there and I was like, well, that didn't work. And I literally forgot about it. And then like a, several months ago, I start getting these royalty, you know, things that show up in my checking account. And I'm like, what is this from? Like 41 cents there, 50 cents here. <laughs> And then I went out and looked and that thing had risen in its category for short, um, you know, 30 minute reads. Yeah. It had risen to like number 19 and then it went to number 14. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. And then I said, I couldn't, I, I have a newsletter and I put in my newsletter. My head didn't get too big because the numbers, I think it was that number, I was at number 43 or something, but number 77 was something like, um, why are my nuts in the toilet water? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, my head wasn't too big, but it was just yeah. funny to me how it just all of a sudden started climbing up the charts. <laughs> I know, but you know what I loved was that you wrote, mm-hmm. who knew? And then you wrote, keep going. Oh, and did I write that? Yes. Oh, and I thought it gave me shivers because <laughs> I, I think that, Christy and I are both writers. I think some people, some people, if you're a writer or just a creator of any kind, yeah. you need to hear that stuff from people. Yeah. So could you expound upon that and give some of our listeners advice about whatever endeavor they're working on, how to keep going? Yeah, you, you, you've got to keep going. And I'm glad you said that because sometimes I have to tell myself that, you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Keep going. Um, I, I would say to keep going, you know, write, if you can't find two hours a day to write, find 10, 15 minutes, you know, to write. Um, and then I would also say that when you have a really good idea for a book, 
or a st short story or a poem and you're really, really excited about it, right? Oh my gosh, you know, you have all this energy, all this adrenaline, you just been on the best, you're on the best roller coaster in your life and you're high. I have that when I have an idea for my book, but then the roller coaster starts going down around page 46, 45, you know, 47, 50, and I am just in a rut. I just can't get out of it. I'm like, oh God, I can't believe this book is going nowhere. When your passion runs out, that's the time where, you, and I think Neil Gaiman said this, you bring in craft. So never stop studying your craft because you're going to need to rely on that when your passion kind of wanes after the, that initial level of excitement. So that's the biggest one. The other one is take advice. You know, I, when I first started writing and, and wondering why I may have been able to write a book good first book is because our school systems do things to writers that I don't, it's like, I think is detrimental. And they, and it's been like that through history, right? The ability to write and express yourself in written communication has always been tied to our worth as a person, right? So you got to kind of separate that somehow and separate yourself from the work that you produce mm -hmm. and uh, take advice on how to make it better. Don't have that ego where, oh my goodness, uh, I wrote this and I know it's good and nobody can tell me anything about it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's um, another, you know, get community um, around you. But I really believe it's really important to continue to study your craft and be a lifelong learner, 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 and to find ways, just little ways to write every day. Yeah. I love the, Absolutely. Um, I, I totally agree. And I love the, um, be a lifelong learner. We interviewed, um, Jasmine Guillory last week. We always oh. do crime fiction authors, right? but we got the chance to talk to her. And I wanted to talk to her so much, even though she's contemporary romance and not our new usual genre, mm -hmm. but her book was set in a winery. Uh, it so was in Northern California. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, she talked about that that she was you know in her other career a practicing lawyer and that she really missed learning. She's like, yeah. I just missed learning, and I thought, yeah. oh, that's such an interesting thing, and I love that the continuing mm -hmm. of craft and you can always learn. There's always mm -hmm. more to learn. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yep. Beautiful. It's time for our final question. <laughs> that we ask all our, our writers and, um, and it, it, it appeases our foodies out there. We have our mysterious yeah. foodies out there. Um, so mm -hmm. which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Oh, oh it has to be Billy Ray. <laughs> uh, and he'd have to cook it. Yes. And it would be, of course. um, yeah, shrimp creole, um, and uh, I would want grits, not rice, <laughs> and I would want a peach cobbler for dessert. Mm. I'm trying to think of my mm. vegetable. I cannot stand okra. Oh. I think Billy Ray you could have would some do... greens or something, maybe. Yeah. Oh, with oh, a little andouille sausage. <laughs> oh yes, with hot sauce. Oh my gosh. Oh. I keep hot sauce in my bag swag. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, with some and greens, in southern greens. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want. I know. I told Kathy, I said, after reading this book, I mean, we, we always put out a recipe in our newsletters and stuff. And, you know, I make them ahead of time. So I've got the stuff up there to make shrimp and grits because I was just like, Ooh. I need shrimp and grits. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I live in the South. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
That's and awesome. I love and I love cooking Cajun kind of food, so that, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm going to join you and Billy Ray. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> okay, so Faye, our sure. our listeners are going to want to know more about you. What's the best way to find you? Social media, website, newsletter, what? Yeah, the best way to find me is on Twitter. Um, my handle, oh gosh. Well, start with my website. My website. We'll have it on yeah, our yeah, show notes. Yeah, and I love interacting with people on Twitter. Awesome. Um, and then I'm trying to get better at Instagram. I'm not there yet. Um, and then I do a lot on Facebook because some reason people want Facebook. So I, and I, I do they just assign, just find me and, and yeah. you'll just hear a lot about my grandkids and books and authors I admire. And then on um, my website is www.facenoden.com. I have a newsletter that I put out religiously toward the end of every month um, with, I call them gratuitous pics of my grandkids. Okay. Have you ever I heard saw, of that? <laughs> I saw the pic with your son and the baby on the carrier. Yeah. Adorable. They, yeah. Sometimes sign I, up for that, everybody. Just sign yeah, up for that. <laughs> yeah. And then I also have what's going on with the book and then just kind of neat little articles here yeah. and there. And I think they're neat, but um mm-hmm. yeah. So I signed up today, everybody. Right. Sign up yourselves. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we love newsletters. We do. All right. I well, thank you so much. I, know, I mean, it's been it's been great. You know, I'm I'm sad we didn't get to meet up in Bashcon, but I'm sure we'll meet somewhere else. Oh, yeah. And um, I think all we have to do is, you know, besides saying thanks, is cheers. Cheers. You babe. guys get me in trouble. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.